32 together. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was upon me. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, proceeds, grant to us, your humble servants, your holy inspiration, that we may set our minds on the things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. morning. Our first reading is the Old Testament reading for today is in Ezekiel chapter 33 verses 7 through 9. So you son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way. That wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading today is found in... Uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the world, whole imperial guard, and to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from good will. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. This is the word of the Lord. Now, in honor of the gospel, from Matthew's gospel in the 18th chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, 
who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands and two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. And I Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done. As you gather us together into your presence around your word to receive your gifts, we pray you move by your spirit and remove distractions from our hearts and minds as we continue to hear of your good word for us in Christ uh, in this letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue on in this sermon series, this just being the second Sunday of it, we're walking through the book of Philippians where we see this phrase come up from Paul in the beginning of a a complete joy and the folks of Philippi making his prayers full of joy because of who God has made them to be and how God continues to work through them. I remember our setting here. This is a church that Paul had visited several years earlier in Philippi and had met with Lydia down by the riverbank and a gathering of folks were together and then baptized Lydia and her whole household and then the church had continued to gather in that presence and in that house and in that place. And Paul had walked away, continued on on the missionary journeys. In fact, while he was in Philippi, ended up in jail and then uh, was released, and then now writing this letter from jail again, but likely in Rome. So quite a ways away. 
in a place where you would not expect joy to be present, where you would not expect somebody to have such a beautiful, wonderful perspective on life. But that's where Paul is right now as he sits there, wondering if what they're doing is still what he had initially seen in them, but the reports that he keeps getting is that it is, that they are continuing on in all of the things that they're doing. And so now he wants to share with them a little bit more about what's going on with him. I mean, you can imagine if you were sitting in a church and you had heard that the folks who started that church had now been arrested and jailed for the same faith that you believe for the very things that they were teaching. In a culture that was not amenable to having another religious sect within it or having any other thing other than the state religion going on. That's what's going on in the Roman territories. You should believe in the Roman gods. You should believe in all those. You shouldn't actually be believing in all these other things. So to know that you have that belief and the guy that started it is now jailed, not just in your town of Philippi, but in the main headquarters of the whole empire, sitting in a Roman jail. Probably start wondering, should I keep believing this? Should I keep telling people about this? What if I end up in jail too? What's that going to mean? Is it really safe enough for me to continue to speak this word and share this word? What does it mean to... Hand off all of the family ties as they get, you know, ostracize me for believing something different than the family believes. What does it mean to go against the state and not uh, do exactly what's being said? It might end up in prison. And Paul knew that. So he wanted to do it, actually encourage his people. So he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what's happened to me has happened for the sake of the gospel. What? How could being in prison happen for the sake of the spreading of the good news of Christ's death and resurrection for people, right? But think of the audience that Paul gets, right? When he went to Philippi, he met with folks who were gathering for a time of prayer down by the river because there was no synagogue. He was gathering together with people that already had heard some background about the Jewish scriptures and were gathering together and they had heard this thing about this God yet named Yahweh and they already had kind of a foundation. Now with Paul being in the prison in Rome, he said, this is good. This is good that God has brought me here. This is for the sake of the gospel. You know why? Because the whole imperial guard has now had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Do you think they would have welcomed Paul in initially to just kind of walk in and start preaching Christ? in the middle of a, I don't know, council gathering or something? Probably not. But being imprisoned for that, he then sits in that moment and starts to say, well, who do I get to talk to now? Who's the audience that God has brought in front of me? Where does God have my feet in order to be able to preach his word? And he says, the Roman imperial guard now has all heard about Jesus. They've all heard the gospel. Them and all the rest. Who are all the rest? Don't know. But it's all of them. However many there were of the rest of who was there around, whether it was other prisoners or whether it was other servants that were coming around, but all these folks now in a place that would have had almost no chance of hearing the gospel at all get to hear it from Paul. He wanted to encourage the folks at Philippi. 
wanted to let them know that an imprisonment wasn't going to stop the word. It wasn't going to stop the sharing of the gospel. It wasn't going to stop the good news that Jesus had died for our sins and rose again to hand over life as a free gift. There was nothing that Paul was going to walk through that was going to shut that down. And so as everybody might start to get worried back at home, he says, no, let this be an encouragement to you. There's a lot of times that I walk through life with folks who end up in situations, maybe not imprisonment, but things that can feel like it. And I'm sure you have too with family members who are either sick or sitting in a living facility or a rehab place or a hospital room or sitting somewhere else that feels like an imprisonment because you don't get to do all the things that you want to do. And you start to question whether or not you actually are useful to God. Have you ever questioned that? It's a strange thing to ponder. For whatever reason that you may start to feel it, whether it's because of education or study or whether it's because of transportation or any of those means or whatever the case may be, you start to feel like you may not be very useful. That's Satan working to turn our eyes off of Christ and into ourself and into our trials and into all the reasons why we may want to talk ourselves out of being able to share the gospel. And sitting in the middle of those rooms with folks who may not be able to walk, some who can barely talk, they start to ask, Pastor, what good am I in God's kingdom right now? A strange thing to hear at times. But I get it. I mean, even not being in those rooms, sometimes we start to ask, what good am I in God's kingdom right now as a sinner? What good am I in God's kingdom right now when I don't do things perfectly? What good am I in God's kingdom when I don't feel like I can lead a household? What good am I in God's kingdom when I don't share things with my neighbors that are around and don't make those connections? See, in the middle of those rooms, in the middle of those Places, whether it's a prison or a, hotel, a hospital room or a rehab facility or any other of the things that we're walking through, God absolutely uses you. See, in those moments when someone can't walk and they feel like they can't talk, they can absolutely pray. That's one. But sometimes just the life with a perspective on God in the middle of a trial to know that God continues to be true even though life feels like it's breaking apart is a witness to those who come and take care of them. You've probably all known those folks that walk through cancer with a smile on their face, not because of the trial, but because they know that God's promises are just as true in the middle of whatever sickness it is as they were at their baptism. That his promises of life are just as true as they are in the minutes when they're feeling like death weighs upon them. And Satan will want to take our eyes off of that any chance they get, any chance he gets. But Christ promises to hold on to you are just as ever true. So Paul reminds the Philippians, though I'm sitting in jail in this imprisonment and you think that nothing is going to be able to happen because I'm here, let it be an encouragement to you that the gospel continues to be spread, that I get to talk to a whole new audience of people. And man, what joy that brings to be able to speak to them, to be able to speak in a hospital setting to the nurses, to the doctors, to the roomie who is sitting there on the other uh, privacy 
you know, curtain that offers no privacy <laughs> ever. But in the middle of those settings, to be able to sit and know that God's promises are true and to know that God's promise in the resurrection is just as true and the promise to do away with the illness, whether it's in our time or his time, is just as true. And the promise that death doesn't even reign over us anymore. That no matter what it is that comes into life, as Paul would say later in Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death or life. None of those things that go on can separate us from his love for us in Christ. What a beautiful love and gospel that is. And as Paul lets them know, he says, look, in the middle of my imprisonment, there's folks that are taking this two ways. They are either preaching out of good news because they're encouraged and they're preaching from a good heart and they're letting everybody know that Jesus is just as true now as it is as he has, ever has been. He said, and there's others that you know, want to mock me and say, why would you follow that guy who believed in Jesus, this guy who was killed, and then uh, you know, they say he rose again, and he's in prison. Are you sure you want to follow that guy? Why don't you follow me instead? I'll lead you in a way. I'm not imprisoned. And, and then that way, you, know, you don't have to follow somebody who's imprisoned, who's obviously a rebel rouser, or somebody who's you know, not able to live socially right. But Paul says, look, whether it's out of pretense, or envy, or in truth, Thanks be to God that Jesus is being preached. Thanks be to God that the gospel continues to get out there because God will even work through imperfect people to continue to get his word out into the ears where it needs to be heard. If you want any witness of that, come here every Sunday. You will hear God's word from an imperfect person right here and out there. Not a single one of us has it perfectly. Not a single one of us knows exactly what to say all the time. Not any of us ever know exactly the answer to every question. But it does not change God's promise for you in Jesus. It does not change the fact that Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus rose again for your justification, that your salvation rests in him alone who is perfect. The beautiful promise. And there's a lot of times that we feel like we may not be useful, but let me give you a little guidance here. You are useful. And you have the responsibility. That's what Jesus says in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. We have the responsibility to teach. We have the responsibility to share that word. We have the responsibility to care for one another in that promise of forgiveness. And you have the permission to. I think that's one of the ones that we wrestle with every now and then. We wonder whether or not we actually have the permission to speak the gospel to people. Yes, you do. You have the permission to share God's good news for you to anybody that you walk through life with. You have the permission to share that good news to the folks that live in your house. You have that permission to share the good news for the people who are burdened and broken. You have that permission to share that good news with people who are full of joy and smiling in the love of God and Jesus. You have the permission to be able to forgive sins of your brothers and sisters who come to you and ask for it. You have the permission to live life with one another. And you have access. You have access to resources, 
you have access to folks who are willing to walk through that with you. You call them your staff or pastors, but there's also those other mentors in life that are grounded in God's word so deeply that you look to them for guidance. You look to them as a resource. You look to them as a blessing from God in your life because they continue to speak into your life. And then you get to walk through the rest of life speaking to others because of how they spoke into you. I think how many people have heard God's word because of a simple, casual conversation and how many generations continue to rest in that promise of the forgiveness of sins that we have in Jesus. And all the places where that word has been carried, where it rightly seems like it shouldn't have been. In the middle of governments that adamantly tried to shut it down, as the Roman Empire did many times. In the middle of social situations where it is the weirdest, oddest word. In the middle of our uncomfortableness to be able to say any words. In the hardships of trying to share it with family as... Um, strained as some relationships may be, in the middle of all of those things, God's good wording continues to go into the ears of the folks that need to hear it. The forgiveness of sins continues to be spoken. The gospel continues to spread in all the places where it seems like it doesn't make sense. But it does. Because God works through you, his people, his church, gathered together in God's name, made family together because of Christ and the forgiveness of sins, and God's declaration to say, you all are my people. Right? Throughout history, it was the people of Israel were God's people. And then it went from there, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth as Jesus would send out his disciples to hear the good news. That word got carried to Philippi. That word got carried by Paul into a prison cell. And somewhere down through the ears, that word got carried into your ear. Because that same gospel that spread back then is the same gospel that spreads right now. And it's the same gospel that pulled you into the grace of God, the good news, that you are forgiven on account of Christ and in all that he has done for you. And then God has given you his Holy Spirit so that you would continue to know that you are loved and forgiven in Jesus. That's the good news you get to share. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you as you continue to guide us by your Spirit to point us to Jesus so that we would know of your good news, your gospel that you have spoken into our ears. And we pray that you give us the strength and the courage and the opportunities uh, to continue to share that word. And we pray that in all the places where you take us, where we wonder where we should go, we should look where you have us, knowing that you have brought us to that place for your purposes, that you are present with us, that you do not let go of us, and that you continue to hold on to us in the faith you have given us in Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen.